it's pizza night at the Griffin. Pizza, beer, and football. Welcome to pizza night. So Eric is having really bad allergies because he had um, an IPA, a beer, and for some reason they give him allergies. Were you wiping your nose on your shirt? No. You have uh, snot on your shirt. Maybe a little bit. Ew! <laughs> That's disgusting. Anyways, you I know. might be doing more of the talking. He has a stuffy nose. He is not sick. Um, I just, I'm honestly having a hard time focusing because I just found the most beautiful jewelry that I'm really excited about. I've been wanting to do something to commemorate me and Olivia's breastfeeding journey that we have been on for the past year. We're making it work still and it works for us. Um, I don't know how long we'll go and I mean, I don't know, but I've been wanting breastfeeding jewelry for a while. They make, they turn your breast milk into a piece of jewelry. Like they create it, they turn it into a stone and they can put on like a ring or a necklace. And I finally found the perfect company to do it. They have the most beautiful, like real gold and sterling silver jewelry that will last me forever. And I just feel like it's such a good way to celebrate myself and congratulate myself and see it all the time and be so proud of that accomplishment. I mean, breastfeeding is freaking hard work we put a lot of time and energy and effort into it they say that by the time a woman's child turns one if they were breastfeeding like through the first year um it's the equivalent of them working a full-time job like 40 hours a week um for that year so i mean it takes a lot of work but it's really cool it's a company called onyx and alabaster they're on instagram you can find them but they make rings and jewelry with not just breast milk but placenta or ashes for memorial jewelry which i think is so sweet so anyways that's what i'm currently thinking about and i'm really excited for and on that note we can jump into some highs some hard things some highlights from the week and ready set go what is your high of the week um i would say going to apple hill yesterday oh my god that was so much fun which i think is yours too mine too for sure we got some family together we got some friends together it was a blast it was really fun it was just nice to be out i told eric the night before because it was kind of spur of the moment we woke up and just decided to go on a little day trip up to apple hill where they have apple farms and pie and apple cider and it's just up in the mountains it's so beautiful i haven't been since i well not since i was little i haven't been in a couple of years i think we'd only been once maybe in our marriage yeah maybe twice I was just complaining to Eric about how we don't have a lot of plans or things to look forward to, basically like nothing. And so um, I just wanted to do something fun and it was fun. It was really relaxing. And I had um, the best like homemade hard apple cider, um, an apple cider slushy, homemade uh, potato salad. We bought some apple wine. It was really fun. They had a pumpkin patch, and we got to pick apples straight off the tree for the first time. I've never done that. That was really cool. I've never done that either. It was really fun. They give you a bag, and you just get to go pick apples. It was so cool. Um, Okay. I agree. That's fun. It was the same memory (laughs) for both of us. What was your your hard thing from this past week? Uh, Allergies have been bugging me all week. Yeah. And it sucked. But trying to get through it. We both get pretty bad fall allergies we're popping those allergy pills every day popping pills i don't know what my hardest (laughs) would be um 
I was kind of like I so I haven't journaled in a while and I used to do it all the time so I decided because I was feeling kind of like emotionally constipated if you will that's how I describe it where just stuff is backed up for a while you haven't like let it out or thought about it or experienced it so then you just all backs up and then you don't feel good because it's all there and there's lots of emotions that need to be processed and felt so I was journaling to do that and I ended up just like sobbing and crying and I call it emotional unboxing um I think it's so cool when you journal so basically it's kind of like say you have all of these emotions they're stacked they're in boxes they're stacked on top of each other because there's just a lot to feel in the world and in life and as you journal you emotionally unbox and what's interesting is you always start with the box on top and it's like whatever is the most prevalent in your life or the most um new and on your mind so I was like oh I'm stressed about finding a house that was kind of like my top box and then you just keep journaling and then it's like oh and I'm actually worried about this or upset about this and that's like the box underneath it and then what's so interesting when you're just like free journaling and writing how you're feeling um like word vomiting basically where I'll just tell myself that like I'll just type for a couple minutes and not stop and you just say I feel this or I'm whatever it's just letting it all out but what's so interesting is that last box like the box on the very bottom is usually the one that's like bothering you the most but if it first you don't think of it so for example when I was journaling the first things that came up were like life stress and house stress and those are like those immediate boxes right on top but as I kept journaling I started like journaling about how upset I am that I was diagnosed with a histamine intolerance and how it's been so hard and how I feel like my body has betrayed me and I miss eating foods that I used to be able to eat. I get jealous and upset when other people can eat whatever they want. I feel like my body's broken and I don't know why. I don't know how to fix it. And I just started crying and realizing that there was this like heaviness and this grief really deep that all of the like little life stresses that were stacked on top of it kind of took away the focus of the core thing that was really hanging around. So I call it emotional unboxing because when you're journaling, it's like you really get to unpack all of those boxes, like one on top of another. Does that make sense? It's pretty deep. The fact that you didn't even realize that that was in the forefront is pretty cool that you were able to. Oh my gosh, that, that beer is killing you. You are I'm crying. Crying. Right now. Yeah and snotting it's cute okay um so on that note we want oh yeah so I guess that would be my low I was just having a hard emotional day I don't think you answered oh allergies yeah okay didn't want to cut you off currently crying (laughs) yeah that's so crazy it's crazy literally tears are running down my face because every time I blink a tear comes out that's so interesting (laughs) IPAs sometimes will affect you like that but well, the allergies were bad before that, and then I had that, so mm-hmm. it just emphasized everything. So we were total, like, um, we fell prey to marketing. We were sitting here with Liv. Kind of, it was like 6 o'clock, and there was a commercial on for pizza, and it was like the really good-looking pizza with, like, the browned bubbly cheese and the pepperonis, and I was like, oh, my. Normally, food commercials really don't do much for me. I'm just like, meh. I'm not normally like, oh, I need that right now. That looks so good. Because honestly, sometimes it just doesn't look good or it just looks like so like it would make you feel like crap or a big yeah. ice cream sundae. It's like, meh. Anyways, both of us looked at that pizza and we're like, 
that sexy. Right now. Let's go. <laughs> so we ordered gluten-free pizzas and they were actually so freaking good. And I ate an entire pizza to you myself. Ate. The gluten-free crusts aren't that big though. To your it's pro- it's defense. Probably, yeah, it's probably like a, a normal small. Mm-hmm. But I still ate the whole thing. It was so freaking good. I'm like burping up pizza, but it was totally worth it. It was so good. Um, one thing that's really interesting with like sorry to go back to the other thing for just a minute with like emotional release the importance of not being emotionally constipated um journaling emotional unboxing however you emotionally unbox and process things for you for me sometimes the easiest thing is just like journaling I have a note section in my phone because most of the time I don't have paper near me or a pen or the time to do that so I just have a journal uh, folder in my notes and I just open a new note and I just start typing and it's very therapeutic. But what I was going to say, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to that. It was good. (laughs) I totally forgot. Anyways. Um, well, I guess that is the end of that thought. (laughs) I'll let you know if it comes back. Maybe it's a pizza blockage. Oh wait, that is what I was going to say. Okay. So what's interesting about when you when you're able to do that and process through things that you might not even know are there, I'm telling you, the first half of your journal entry is like, oh, I knew about that. Oh, yeah, it's this thing in life. And yeah, I'm aware of that. The things that come out after all of that, when you keep typing, are like, oh my God, I didn't know that was bothering me. So anyways, it was really great to process that. I didn't realize that after I've been diagnosed with a histamine intolerance now for two years this fall. And, um, I don't think I've, I've never like cried about it, processed it, um, grieved it, let myself grieve it. I've just been like, I'll just make it work. It's fine. I'll just make it work. I'll deal with it. And I've always just kind of like ran with it, but never like felt the feelings about it. And ever since last night, or maybe it was two nights ago when I did this whole practice and just like let it out, you know, it's not even, there's no like template. I just typed angry things and cried and I feel so much better and it's interesting because for the last two days since then the histamine intolerance isn't the first thing on my mind every time I eat and normally it is and it's like a jail cell of like I can't eat this I can't eat that I can't eat that and like tonight eating pizza like ordering pizza with actual pepperoni and cheese like I would never do that but I feel like my histamine intolerance isn't like taking as much of my life, taking over as much of my life because I was able to kind of process some of the grief around it and just be like, okay, well, I'm going to live my life and I'll make it work as best as I can. Does that make sense? Yes, that's really good. I'm glad you were able to process some of it and, oh my God, sorry. It's okay. Um, Open that box and it's nice that you were able to enjoy your food tonight. Yeah. And just not have a guilt or, um, an overwhelming feeling about it it's funny when you haven't processed something how much it controls your subconscious life yeah i'll say it again it's funny (laughs) when you haven't processed something how much it controls your subconscious life yeah it's always there it's always a thought and even though you might try to avoid it it's still there yeah So on that note, I actually wanted to do a podcast about Olivia's first year because she turned one last week, my big old one-year-old, my sweet baby girl, 
and I wanted to do a recap because we did um, a newborn episode and a birth story. We did a six-month recap episode, and now we're at 12 months, so we just want to share some fun and awesome thing things for all of you to be parents and new parents and experienced parents, and I know that you will find something in this list where you're like, mm, yep, I remember that, or ooh, I'm excited for that, or oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> um, well, let's jump into it. I wanted to also talk, we'll get into it, but like some of our biggest fails and biggest wins as parents. Okay. To help all of you. You're welcome. Feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we will start with um, just some facts. Facts on Liv. We're going to do it quick. What are some of her favorite foods? Eggs. Blueberries. Scrambled eggs for sure. Meat. Lots of meat. Steak. Always meat. Chewed up steak. Chicken. Sausage. Yeah, everything. <laughs> she loves meat. Um, yeah. Crackers. Meat. Avocado. She could eat meat and scrambled eggs and blueberries for every meal. And be Pretty a much. happy little girl. Um, favorite toy or activity? She loves playing hide-and-seek right now. <laughs> peekaboo. It's so cute. Peekaboo, yeah. Sorry, peekaboo. She's super into it. Anytime there's anything that she can hide behind or put over her face and play peekaboo, she does it. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. I'm obsessed. Is she still using a binky? Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on. What? Favorite toy and activity? Yeah. I think anything that she can push. Oh, yeah. If it's a chair, if it's a stool, if yeah. it's her high chair, if it's... One of those Dog. little walker, assist, walker assistant She things. isn't like, walking on her... She pushes everything. ...own yet, but she is really great at standing and leaning on things and moving around, and she loves to push things. She'll just grab the kitchen the kitchen chairs. She'll grab random ottomans and pillows. She'll just push everything around. It's and she so gets cute. really mad if she can't push it. <laughs> yeah, if she gets stuck on, like, a corner or a rug, she gets really mad. So she loves pushing things while she's standing. Um, binky, yes, she is using a binky. She uses it, but she doesn't need it. Yeah, she's not obsessed with it. She's just like, oh, okay, I'll take that. Sometimes she finds it and throws it in, or like, it, it, I don't think it's a thought. I think I feel like some babies need to have a binky to be calm or something like that, and she just kind of, if it's there, she'll take it. If not, it helps she her go to sleep. It. Yeah. Um, napping, naps. She's kind of transitioning. She's in like a weird. She's like in a stage where she's going from two naps a day to one nap a day, but she's kind of doing both. So some days she does the two a day, like two shorter ones, and then some days she does one long one, and we're still kind of like, we're just letting, honestly, we're just letting her decide. It's up to her when she acts tired and when she wants to sleep, and as long as it's not past like 4 p.m., we just let her nap whenever she wants. Yep, and every day is kind of different. And it works really well for her. Teeth? She has two. Two teeth. Almost four. She's teething right now. She has the red cheeks, the spitty mouth, the grumpiness. I think she's getting her top, her yeah. top toothies. So she, but right now she has two little ones on bottom and they're so cute. Yep. I was talking to somebody today and explaining that the last two days have been a little bit of an adventure because she's woken up a few times at night and she's just running warm. Um, and her cheeks are red. So she's, I think Which she's getting ready to break Which always happens through. when she's teething. Thankfully now we're kind of used to her pattern. The first, the first teeth really stressed me out. Cause I was like, why did she randomly throw up? Why are her cheeks red? Why is she choking on her spit? But it's teething. Yep. Um, and I'm really grateful because we still breastfeed at night. She's way too busy during the day and active and doesn't want anything to do with it. She just wants to 
live her life but at night when she wakes up because she still does wake up at night like once between usually 10 p.m and midnight um I'll breastfeed her then and then I just pump during the day but um I'm really grateful because even though she has two teeth she hasn't really biting hasn't been an issue so I'm really grateful for that that's good she so on here I put breastfeeding yes she is still breastfeeding kind of maybe for not much longer I don't really know I don't have a plan my only plan was that I really wanted to make it to a year and we did that we've worked around what she's needed what I've needed and we've made it work for a year and now that I've kind of met my goal I'm just like very uh laissez-faire about it if we keep going we do if she's done she can be done if she starts sleeping through the night we'll probably be done but we're just chilling right now we're playing with house money i feel like it's all just extra nutrients that she gets yeah and then some cute little things that i wanted to like remember about her and not forget are that she sneezes if her face is in the sunlight (laughs) every time she has and it's a genetic thing it's on the 23 and me like um test that i got back when i did my 23 me i don't for i don't remember what it's called like photosensitivity or something but it's where the uh sunlight makes you sneeze and i didn't have the gene but she obviously does it's really cute <laughs> and it's honestly how if we're on a run or a walk i know that like if i forget to put the little stroller um shade down if i hear her sneeze i'm like oh sorry <laughs> and it's like shining in on her um her happiness is something that I like never want to take for granted or forget because she's the happiest baby I've ever known and go ahead (laughs) blow your nose no just wait okay she's so happy so happy people comment like they stop in the store or when we're on errands and they comment about how happy she is like she is She's just laughing all the time, smiling, giggling, happy, joking. And she loves to wave at people. She always waves at people. I went and, don't tell the wife this, but I went and picked up a beer yesterday at the bar. and uh, You already told me. Some lady was like, your baby has the cutest wave. All she does is just sit there and wave with she like, has a limp wrist. like a limp wrist <laughs> that she uses to wave, but it's really cute. Um, but yeah, she's so happy. And I think that the beautiful thing about that is that when I was giving birth to her... Um, when she was crowning and coming out, I couldn't stop laughing. Um, and I, she came out on a laugh. They were like, okay, you need to go slow. Like stop pushing, you know, we don't want anything to tear. Let her come out slowly or whatever. And I, so I wasn't like, I was trying not to push, but I was laughing and the laughing like pushed her out. And it was so like such a weird thing. I don't know. It's just not what I expected to it's happen. It's pretty perfect. But I just felt so relieved for it to be over. So excited to meet her. Just so there was like this just air of like joy when she came into the world. And she like really carries that. I think it was literally just like her entrance because she's the happiest. And she does. It's so fun. It's so fun. She's happy all the time. Um, she likes to try to walk the dogs when we're walking the stroller and have the dogs on leashes she'll grab the leash and she'll walk them and she gets a lot of joy from that and it's really cute she'll walk them from her stroller and she doesn't like to let go Mm -hmm. she's like i am walking this dog around the neighborhood yeah she's just the best she loves being tickled she just recently in the last couple days started saying dada all the time i'm a little jealous um i think we're officially calling that her first word i thought Okay, I thought that she said mama around like six months and she would say it whenever she was upset. I think that it was more just like a baby sound when she was crying, not like intentional. And this is the first time I feel like it's super intentional. Like she'll look at Eric and go, dada, 
Or like if he walks in or out of the house, she goes, dead dad. And it's so cute because she's practicing talking. And so sometimes she'll whisper <laughs> instead of just like saying it. And she'll go like, dad, 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 dad. And it's so precious. It's pretty cute. So yeah, she's going to be walking soon. I guarantee it. I think she's getting her top teeth. She's probably going to be saying a couple words soon. She's growing like a little sprout. They, when we had her doctor's appointment the other day, they said by within the next two months that she's going to have five words down. Yeah. So that's, to me, that's crazy because she doesn't have one yet. Yeah. Um, her first birthday party was a success. We didn't even decide to have one until like two weeks before, two, maybe three weeks because of COVID. I just didn't know how we could do it and still like feel safe and comfortable. And so we planned like an outdoor party and it was really beautiful. I had friends who came over and helped to make it super cute and it just turned out like so great. Like the pictures that we have from that night are awesome. It was pretty perfect. It was so enjoyable and everybody said that they had a good time like mingling with each other mingling with the babies i got up at 4 30 a.m and smoked a brisket and it was awesome i thought you were gonna say smoked a blunt (laughs) (laughs) Ah, it was it was so cute she got to do two smash cakes for her birthday lucky little babe we did a one-year photo shoot and i can't wait to see the photos from that we haven't gotten them back yet but Um, She got to do a photo shoot smash cake, and then for her actual party, we did a smash cake, and she was into it. Some babies are really dainty, and they're not super interested. Some babies are, like, really messy with it. She was kind of in the middle. Yeah. It was cute. She liked feeding it to me. Yeah. And, like, rubbing it all over her face. She loves to rub food in her hair when she's eating it, and she'll, like, (laughs) rub it all over her face, and she'll just be like, mmm. And um, she kind of did a lot of that. So we had to take like a little intermission and give her a bath at her party because she was filthy, full of cake. It worked out nice. So it was all all in all a successful party. Yeah, I'm really proud of her. Is there anything else that you want to mention about milestones or things you don't want to forget? Cute little things. Her laugh. She has the best laugh I've ever heard. Yeah. And she does it all the time. And she has like a, a belly laugh. And she has, like, just a... Mm-hmm. It's cool because you can tell... She has her laugh, she has her hard laugh, and then she has, like, a belly laugh. And her belly laugh is really, like, deep and kind of manly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I, there's all... Everything about it I absolutely love. And I, I like how she has a personality. So, like, you can say something to her and she go, ha, ha, ha. Like, she yeah. has, like, almost like a fake laugh, but it's, it's, she's developing her own little personality. It's such so cool. a fun age because when she was a baby, I struggled with the lack of interaction and the lack of awareness on the baby's part. It just didn't feel like they knew me or, like, we were able to really bond. Like, it just felt like I was caretaking all the time, like, this little thing. But now she feels like, like a human and a person and like a friendship or like an interaction and there's like a relationship there uh-huh. and something that's really cute is like Eric was saying like her little laugh that she does she loves like to be tickled and stuff and um it's just like it's fun seeing her she loves one of her favorite things to do that she thinks is hilarious is to kick people <laughs> while they're like changing her diaper or if if she's um like laying down with like a diaper change or something and she'll kind of like kick your hands or kick your belly and she thinks it's hilarious and if you say like stop kicking me or you just give her like a side eye she starts like (laughs) cracking up laughing because she knows it's funny and it's like her little thing but just having the back and forth 
like reactions and emotions has been like so awesome and She's helped so me to feel a lot closer to her. Yes, I love it. Um, I think I'm officially out of postpartum depression. I really struggled from months like five, maybe four, to about like eight or nine um, were like the worst. And I just feel like the last couple months seeing her bloom into more of a person and gain some independence um, has been so awesome. And also getting more help. I think honestly for a lot of new moms, like postpartum depression is equal amounts chemical and just circumstantial. And getting help and having help is such a big part of that. And now that she goes and and hangs out with her grandparents during the week and I actually get time to be my own person and clean and work at my job. And I feel like there's such a better balance where now when I'm with her at nights and on the weekends, I just enjoy her so much. And um, I don't know how stay-at-home moms do it. You guys are such rock stars. It's really hard when you're the person responsible for everything all the time. I agree. Something really cute that we did for her that we talked about in a previous podcast that we might do and we ended up doing is writing her parent vows. And I thought that that was really sweet. It was cool because they were so different. Like coming from a dad, coming from a mom, the the tone of them were very different. Um, but it was cool that we both were able to just sit down and write them. And I felt like she actually kind of focused on them a little bit and actually heard what we had to say, which was cool. Yeah, it was really sweet. We wrote her um, basically like wedding vows, but from a parent to a child. And um, we just wrote it. We didn't use a template, but just from our heart, what we thought. So like mine said, um, I could pull it up, but some like mine had like maybe 10 vows. But one of them was like, I vow to talk positively about my body and show you what a healthy relationship with a body looks like and to not teach you you know, body shame and things like that. Um, that was like one of them, but we wrote them down separately and and made them separately and then read them to her on her birthday. But I think what's really sweet is that we kept them in our keepsake box and every year we're going to read them to her. Um, it wasn't something that we wrote just for this birthday, but we wrote it with the intention that every year as she grows up, that we'll read them to her as she grows. Um, and it's a recommitment from us to her and it's a recommitment of our values and our vows of what kind of family and parents we want to be which I think is so cool and I think it's pretty cool because it just goes hand in hand with who we are because we read each other our wedding vows every year too mm-hmm. and just kind of like step back into that moment and time when when we wrote them for each other well and, and just to remember <laughs> what you promised to do you make all these big, elaborate, beautiful promises and vows on your wedding day, and then you forget them by the next week. And so yeah. it's really important to revisit that and to reestablish and refirm your foundation. Yeah. I think um, something else I want to talk about, too, is uh, uh, along with the parent vows, is I also wrote you like a letter, too, mm-hmm. um, because it's pretty cool that you know, oftentimes it's you get caught up in um, a baby or a birthday or whatever it is, but the mother also made a really big sacrifice and busted ass for that first year too. So I really wanted to take a moment to recognize the mother in the picture, Julia, and to thank her for everything that she's done and for, you know, busting butt the first year and all the nights where she hasn't slept and 
the fact that she breastfed for a year and just the accomplishments and the time and everything that she's put into it. It's, it's an important thing to recognize that the mom is a big part in the baby's life and how much they've sacrificed and just been great mothers. Like, I, I think as a parent, a lot of the times the, the stuff you do doesn't get recognized. And I just wanted to take that time to let her know that she was seen. Uh, I don't have any words. It was so kind and sweet and thoughtful and just, it was amazing. It was such a beautiful note. I kept it. I will cherish it forever. I thought the sweetest thing was how, how you wrote out in the note the things that like you've seen, the note that you said like, I know that you don't think I notice and no one else sees it. And those little things like, you know, um, that as a mom you feel tired and discouraged about, but you just keep doing it day after day because you love your kid and they're important to you. And just to have someone like from the sidelines just say things like, I see you when you feed her first, but you're hungry. I see you when you're exhausted, but you get up the strength to give her a bath and do bedtime. Like all the little things that, really take a lot of energy but that no one ever really sees or appreciates it was so huge to have you take time to see and appreciate them that's good that was so nice that was the point i love you so i wanted to write it down into words so freaking nice i love it i came downstairs and um we were writing our vows for Liv the night before her actual birthday and um he was just at the table writing and writing and writing and I was like what are you doing he was just writing for like an hour and then at one point he asked me to go get him more printer paper because he (laughs) needed to write more and I was like and I was feeling kind of bad because my vows for Liv were maybe like 10 probably like a, a page or two and um I w- he was probably writing like eight pages and I was like damn and he was like no there's only one for her and there's like six for you and I thought it was just so nice yep <laughs> you're so sweet um what are some things that you're looking forward to in the future with her and as a family as we look into the next year I don't want her to grow up too fast but I'm excited um for the times when she's more interactive on doing stuff like if we go play miniature golf and how much joy she'll have out of that or going to the water slides or doing little activities kind of outside of the house like right now I feel like she's excited about her toys or like interactive baby stuff but there's such a to actually be able to do life with her yeah more life like experiences and stuff right and to to know that she recognizes what we're doing and to have Mm -hmm. those memories yeah that's true. I'm excited to cook with her in the kitchen. I think about it all the time. There's these really cool things called learning towers where they're like towers that the, the baby that or the kid can stand on um, that puts them at like counter level, but it, it like is secure and um, keeps them in. And it's just a really cool thing. So I've just been thinking a lot about that. I can't wait to get her, her first learning tower where she'll stand and can help me mix and actually be a part of like the cooking process and I just am so excited. I'll build you one. It'll be awesome. (laughs) Um, Okay. We're going to finish off this podcast with some juicy uh, what not to do's. Um, (laughs) We wanted to look back on some of our best and worst parenting moments from the past year. So with that said, um, we will start with some of the worst memories and parenting moments from 
2021. <laughs> <laughs> so probably the first one that we had was she was about six months old and our one of my best friends from childhood invited me over to his house or invited all of us over and wanted to barbecue and cook us dinner because he had just bought a house close to us and he's like you guys need to come over like blah 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 make a bunch of food so we're like cool let's do it when we got there we brought some food and stuff and realized that he didn't have a can opener so I was using a wine bottle beer opener to open a can of beans and I had Olivia strapped to my chest and I was trying to hold this can away from us thinking that she wouldn't be able to reach it. And at one point, she reaches out and she grabs the sharp edge of the can and starts crying. Sliced her little finger. Yeah, her little tiny six-month, five-month-old, whatever it was, baby finger, and it was bleeding everywhere. And it it scared the shit out of all of us. It was bleeding a lot. And I called the doctor, and at this point, like, dinner's kind of ready, and we're like, sorry. We were um, literally getting sit down to eat dinner. (laughs) Sorry, I know you bought all this amazing, nice stuff, but uh, we gotta deal with this. So I called the doctor, and I was just kind of like, what do I do? It's bleeding a lot. And they're like, well, if it's still bleeding in a half an hour... Well, they were like, put pressure on it. And I was like, she doesn't want us to touch her hand. Like, she's just a, a hyperactive sweet babe who doesn't want you holding her down or grabbing her hands or whatever and so I'm like I can't really just sit here for it because they said put pressure on it for half an hour and if it's still bleeding then she'll need stitches but I was like I can't sit here with a active hungry six-month-old baby and just (laughs) hold a tissue on her hand for a half an hour so we decided to put a band-aid on her finger because I had some band-aids in my little like first aid kit in my purse and um I told Eric like make sure you watch her because at this point like she's just always wanting her hands in her mouth her feet in her mouth she's interested in anything that she can touch or any kind of toy that she puts in her mouth so um <laughs> do you want to so, yeah so we story? sit down to after we figure all of that out we're like okay let's try to salvage the night and let's eat dinner so we're sitting down to eat dinner and I'm still holding the baby on my chest trying to eat some dinner trying to feed her trying to do everything all at the same time and she kind of starts to choke a little bit and a then, lot and then my friend looks at us and goes so uh what happened to that band-aid that was on her finger i thought she was choking on food because eric was giving her little bites of beans and steak which she loved and but all of a sudden she started kind of choking like actual choking for like a while and i was like is it the meat is it the beans like what's going on i'm kind of freaking out and then yeah eric's friend looks over and he's like didn't she have a band-aid on her finger so she had uh, sucked the band-aid off of her finger and was choking on it. It was stuck in her air pipe. Terrifying. Ter- terrifying. So I started yelling at Eric to get our stuff. We're leaving. We're going to the emergency room. Oh my God, what are we going to do? I'm like holding her over my leg, like pounding her back, trying to get her to cough it up. She's still choking. I'm freaking out. We're probably 15 minutes from the ER, maybe like 20. And so, I mean, you can't get there like super quick. And I'm buckling her into her car seat, throwing her in, trying to get going as fast as possible. She's choking. She's kind of coughing. And finally, she like coughs up the Band-Aid and I swipe it out of her mouth as she's like in her car seat as we're getting ready to go. And I was just like, oh my God. It was by far the most stressful parenting moments and the most stressful night of parenthood so far um yeah it was rough just to have them not only cut themselves on a jagged can like awful terrible um 
she's in pain. I have blood all over my shirt. But then to have her eat the Band-Aid and almost choke and die was just the worst. Another parenting fail was when we accident. well, it wasn't an accident. It was intentional. But I didn't know, I don't know, your first-time parents were stupid. I We were at a barbecue, and she seemed like she wanted something to drink. She was really interested in our drinks. She was probably, like, around the same age, maybe, like, five, six months. And um, I don't know why I didn't just give her a bottle, but I gave her some sparkling water. I put it in her bottle. She seemed to really want it, and it was a terrible idea. And she started throwing up, like, profusely, throwing up, like, slime. Um, the sparkling water just did not work in her belly. Like, obviously, you spend half your life burping babies, trying to get the air out of their bellies, and then you give them sparkling. It was stupid. It was so stupid. <laughs> you live and you learn. She likes sparkling water now, and her body is better able to handle it, but back then, not so great. We don't put it in a bottle now, though. We give her a little sip here and there. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so (laughs) stupid. And then I would say the last really stressful parenting moment was when she was a newborn. She was five weeks old. And I will always remember because the medics and the um, ambulance people asked me, how old is she? And I said five months or five weeks. And I just remember that moment. But... Um, she used to have really bad reflux and she would breastfeed and just projectile, like throw up her entire feed. Um, it was crazy. It was probably once or twice a day, honestly. Thank goodness I was producing enough milk to where she could do that and then just keep eating. And I don't know, it was crazy. Now that I think back on it, it was insane that we dealt with that every single day. We were doing so much laundry because every day, once or twice, she was projectile throwing up over all over herself, all over me or Eric, all over the couch. Just, it, it was just constant. And it wasn't like spit up. It was, it was throw up and it was milk. It was like cups of just, it was crazy. Anyways. So um, normally she, you know, coughs a little bit. She's good. And we worked through it. She had that for maybe three months, the first three months of her life. Um, and thank God she grew out of it. But, um, there was this time when she was feeding and she was five weeks old and instead of coughing up and, and the projectile, uh, milk coming out, she kind of like sucked it back in. Um, I think it was my first week back at work. I think it was too. Because that was why it was, like, so scary. It was, like, the You one had time just I gone left. back to work recently, like, maybe the week before or something. And um, she kind of inhaled a lot of it and started choking and wheezing and couldn't breathe. And it really freaked me out. And so I was doing the same thing. You turn them over. You hit them on the back. I was trying to get it up. Her um, face started changing color, like, mm, reddish and then kind of bluish like she just couldn't breathe and it scared the shit out of me and so um I I ran up the stairs I'm trying to find that little suction tube that they give you to take home from the hospital that little bulb tube to suck stuff out of her nose and her mouth which actually did help she ended up like kind of coughing and throwing up some of it like it came out um but oh my gosh I called an ambulance and I was so stressed because so at first I called Eric And then I realized he is at work 30 minutes away. He's not going to be able to help. 
in a practical way in the next five minutes. So I was like, gotta go. I tried calling our doctor. They have like a 24 hour helpline. So that was my first, you know, thought is like, let's just, you know, take this one step at a time. Don't be too aggressive or extreme. So I called them, but she was like screaming and coughing. It was just a whole scene. And so they had like that line where if you make one noise or scratch your nose, it goes, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. And so it's saying like to do this, press one or say this and to get this, say this. And I, and it kept saying, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. I'm sorry, I didn't get that because she was screaming and it wasn't quiet enough to make this damn phone call. So I ended up calling 911 because I didn't know what else to do. And an ambulance came and it was so stressful. They came in the back door. I had to like get the dogs to calm down. By that point, what was so hard is when I called them, she was really struggling and I was really scared. And then in the four minutes that it took them to get here is when she was like coughing and throwing some of it up. She started to breathe a little bit better and was only wheezing like a little bit. So by the time they got here, she was a lot better, not still like fully better. But then you're like, did I do the right thing? Like this seems a little excessive. So I just told them like, um, it's fine. You can go. I might take her to get checked out, you know, just to make sure that she doesn't have like that dry drowning thing. I wanted to make sure her lungs were clear. Um, and they were like, well, we're already here, so we can just take you because if you go by yourself to the emergency room, um, you'll be taken in through the front and you'll have to wait through intake and they'll have to find a room for you and it's going to take a lot longer. But if you come with an ambulance through like the ambulance bay, they, you're like the first one seen. And so I was like, that actually makes sense. Um, and thank goodness we have good health care and get free ambulance rides, which is something that we found out when I fell down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and anyways, so we get there and they listen to her lungs. She's okay. It was just such a stressful day. Uh, yeah, that wasn't even like, that was all stressful. But the worst part was, is you called me from the ambulance and you said, Hey, we're in an ambulance. We're on our way to the hospital. See you there. And then hung up and I was kind of like, what the fuck was that? Okay. So I left work and I'm driving to the ambulance. I'm trying to text her and figure out what's going on. And she said, they're going there. So then I arrive at the hospital and don't forget, this is right in the middle of this COVID. was twenty. This was October twenty twenty. So yeah. So I'm on my way there, and I get there. They and had all the rules where no one else could come in. Mm-hmm. They're like, so nah. I, I get to the door, and they have like the biggest dude in the world at the front door. He's like six five, bald head. It looks like freaking stone cold watching the door or something. And I go, hey, man, what's up? Um, You know, I'm here to, my wife and baby got brought here by an ambulance. Baby was joking, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, okay, well, you can't go in. And I said, what the fuck? What do you mean I can't go in? He said, well, it's COVID. You can't go in. And I was like, okay, so what the fuck am I supposed to do? And he said, you can sit in your car or you can switch with your ba- with your wife and go see the baby if you want. And I said, let me get this straight. So if my baby's in there dying, you're not going to let me go in there and see her. And he said, nope. You can't see her. It was the worst feeling in the world. COVID. COVID. Yeah, it was it was terrible. I have a picture. I still... I, I snapped one picture because in my mind, I was hoping maybe later this will be funny. Um, and so I took this picture of her 
in the ambulance when we were on our way to the hospital that that day and um they because I was kind of wondering how do you transport a, a newborn baby like do I just hold her in the back seat of the ambulance and they t- <laughs> they take their little car seat and they strap the little car seat with like 10 straps to a gurney so she in this car seat is this tiny little babe on a big ass gurney is just sitting there looking around like what the fuck is going on (laughs) it was it was a journey it was a journey my friends and that's the story of how I got postpartum anxiety um (laughs) from that moment on it's like I don't want my baby to die and anytime anything happened I was like oh my god I do not want to end up in an ambulance again so there we are. So those are probably our top three worst parent moments from her first year. But we have some good moments. So we'll end on a high note with some of our best parenting moments. You want to start? Because you're kind of just putting me on the spot. <laughs> I actually did not prepare and do not have anything in mind. Um. Okay, I have one. I'll go. When she was first born, she was really struggling with being able to breastfeed because she had a lot of mouth ties and um, just could not latch, could not suction. I was pumping and giving it to her. I was um, doing like the boob massage to get the milk out while she just kind of like laid there like a baby bird. It just wasn't working out well. And um, we had been given a lactation consultant for free through our hospital, through our healthcare plan. She was terrible. Absolutely the worst, just discouraging, rude, not helpful. Honestly, didn't know anything or have any answer to my questions and just told us like, she's a difficult baby. You probably won't breastfeed. And I am so proud, so proud of my five day postpartum self my five, my fifth day of being a mother, because not only is a baby born when you give birth, a mother is born. So I am a brand new mother, do not know what I'm doing. But in my heart of hearts, I just thought this lady isn't for us. I need to find someone who's going to support us. I believe in our breastfeeding journey, even though she says it's hopeless. Went and found someone highly recommended who was amazing and life-changing. She cost a lot of money out of pocket and we had to have a real conversation about like is this worth it and I just had this mama instinct and gut of like we need this I will sell my kidney for this like it's just so important to me it's so worth it to me I know it's gonna work it has to work and it did she was with that lactation consultant for six weeks and then graduated we got her mouth ties taken care of I'm just I'm so proud that like with being completely exhausted, completely bloated, new to the game, with this little tiny squishy five pound, six pound creature that I had the wherewithal to advocate for her and to advocate for me. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I think that was the best thing we ever did. Um, Like you said, it was a lot of money, but the, the accomplishment and the just the education and the help and I mean even with like this lactation consultant not only was it like breastfeeding and impractical stuff and weighted and measurements and I mean she was in there it wasn't just like it was amazing yeah. it was a long session she would get in there she would latch the baby she would squeeze my boob she would put us in different positions it was like 
aerobics. It was, was like boob aerobics. She was always available for text. Like it, literally anything we needed, she was Any there. Any time of day. But what was so cool is she also is the one who discovered Olivia's mouth ties, yep. which we then had, we were nervous about and didn't, didn't know. We didn't know anything. I didn't even know mouth ties were a thing. I'm five days postpartum and all of a sudden my baby has them. She can't eat. She's dropping weight. You need to make a decision now. I was like, what is going on? Um, we got a second opinion from a pediatric dentist who also said she definitely has multiple mouth ties and we decided to get it taken care of. One of the hardest things ever to see a newborn baby in a little dentist chair getting mouth surgery with a little laser, Mm -hmm. but we just trusted the people around us. We researched, we asked other moms we knew and dads who have been through it and we went with our gut and we advocated for her. And I'm just so proud that since she was a newborn we've done whatever it's taken to to give her what she needs and i think that that's very admirable and it just shows that even though we aren't perfect parents we're good parents because we care about whatever she needs no matter how difficult or uncomfortable it is i think the best accomplishment of that whole thing was when she really started to latch and i remember just seeing you with a smile on your face and your hands held in the hair because she was finally doing it and like you could feel that she was getting enough milk and getting enough nutrition it was just such a cool victory moment yeah totally totally it feels like what's so crazy is that those moments with that lactation consultant and our new baby was only a year ago but it feels like 10 years ago it does it does it feels like a lifetime ago it really just goes by so fast um, I think the biggest accomplishment is just through all of the nights where you feel like you're so tired that you can't even walk or you can't get up out of bed. But, yeah, we continue to do it. We continue to strive. We continue to move forward. We did it together. We did it with her. We supported each other. And we're doing great. I think that in talking about proud parenting moments or some of the best moments, what you said is we did it together and I'm really proud of that and I just want to like take a moment because that is such a huge accomplishment of we've been such a good team and from the beginning when she got up at night you got up at night and I got up at night we all got up even now when she wakes up at night we all wake up and we help each other and someone does the diaper someone makes the bottle someone rocks her it's always like an us thing and I've been so grateful that you've been so intentional because it's really helped to to stave off a lot of resentment I mean don't get me wrong I have was postpartum so I still had plenty of reasons to resent everything especially my husband (laughs) because everything was annoying but I mean just the fact that like there's all these memes that say um you know when I look at my husband snoring and I'm up for the third time with my baby or like when my husband says he's tired and I was up all night feeding the baby I'm so grateful that that wasn't our reality and that we were both tired because we were both up feeding the baby and um, not even just with feeding but through the process like we've just been so great with each other and making sure that the other person has at least a little bit of time to themselves or going back and forth and just trying so hard to make sure that everything is equally distributed. I think that that's huge because Um, I grew up in a family where parenting duties were not equally distributed and to be able to tell you like this is what I'm afraid of and I don't want to do this alone and I'm gonna need help and I want to feel like you're there with me and just to see you be such a good partner 
has been a lot for me and I just want to say thank you oh I will thank you too I think we've done really good being I mean since day one we got married we've been a good team but this is a whole different new challenge and we've continued just to to work together to love each other more and to like you said make sure the other person's taken care of as well as the baby yeah and like if you're listening to this and you're thinking like that is not my reality I am struggling with resentment or my partner doesn't do enough or I do do feel like underappreciated communication can change so much if you can actually just express vulnerably how you're feeling or what you need it just helps relationships so much like it didn't just happen I had to communicate to you what I needed I had to communicate to you my trauma and what I was afraid of and just seeing like the relationship that we've had as parents and as a team like as a co-team has been so cool and I just I want to encourage you guys that um, you can create that like every day is a chance to start fresh and every conversation is a chance for things to redirect in whatever direction you want them to go. So just know that like parenting is a journey and we have high moments, we have low moments, but like you can work to do better together every day. Yep. Yeah. You really have to learn how to communicate. We weren't perfect at it at the beginning and we've really worked hard to to learn how to talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we don't and I just yell at you, but... <laughs> For the most part, it's been such a gracious journey. I think that we both have a lot of grace for each other and just a lot of love between us for each other and for Liv, and it's really carried us through. I agree. We're doing good. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Me too. One-year-old daddy. Yep, we're one year in. Such an accomplishment. That's all we have for memories and highs and lows and cute things about Liv, and we hope that you got something out of this and just felt seen and felt like you have two friends over here because we are your friends and we appreciate you and we love talking to you guys we do we are and we will continue to bring you guys along on our journey yep (laughs) bye have a good night